Did you know that the tongue of a blue whale weighs as much as an adult elephant? That is seven tons of tongue. The human tongue, by contrast, weighs just about 70 grams. It's about 0.4% of our total body weight. Yet despite the great variance in size, it could be argued that the human tongue is even more powerful than that of a whale. A power that can be used for good or for evil. As ever, Proverbs is rather blunt about the power of the human tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our tongues may only be about three inches long, but they can fell a fully grown adult, at least metaphorically, and then lift them up again. We all know this to be true. There have been times when we have been knocked flat, sent reeling, caused incredible pain just by the words people have said to us. There have been other times where words of encouragement and love have made our spirits soar and kept us going through really difficult situations. We know from experience the power of the human tongue. Given its power then, we need to exercise great sensitivity with how we use our tongues, especially with our friends. Last week, we learnt that at times, friends will need to critique each other. They will need to warn, to challenge, to admonish, for it would simply be unloving at times not to do so. We all make mistakes. We all need friends to help us get back on track. At times then, as we said last week, friendship will need to be candid. But the necessary caveat to that is this. Friends may at times need to be candid, but they will always need to be careful. To be careful with each other. And this week we're going to look at a whole collection of wise advice from Proverbs on this theme. True friendship is careful. The first lesson that friends must learn in this regard is to think before they speak. Friends should listen before they even open their mouths. This is Proverbs 18, 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Sometimes our friends are not looking for any particular advice. They just want someone to listen to them. Sometimes just hearing themselves expressing their thoughts and feelings can help them work their way through their situation. I know that with Emily in particular, I can be very bad at this because I am a fixer. And when Emily's had a bad day or is in distress and is telling me about how she feels, I want to jump in and fix things for her. I've lost count of the number of times that she has said to me, here you go again, just listen to me. Sometimes there are no obvious solutions to offer. The situation is too difficult, too complex. But it can be a great help to our friends for them just to know that someone else understands what they are going through because you have listened to them. 
But Proverbs take this a little bit further than this. Having first listened to our friends, we should then stop to think before we say anything in reply. This is Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. We all know that we often come to regret hasty words. But perhaps what we need to be aware of in 2020 is that this applies to the words we write as well as the words we say. I am thinking particularly of emails and texts and social media messages. When words are written down, the impact of them is multiplied. That's because when a word is written down, we re-read it. Whereas the words that we hear, we only hear once. As the message comes into our device and on our screens, it's repeated to us over and over and over again as we keep going back to it. Now, of course, technology can be used for great good as well as being the cause of lasting damage. If we write in an email words of kindness, congratulation, encouragement, they can be really cherished, held on to. But the opposite is true too. We hold on to emails. We allow them to sap away our confidence, to anger us, to hurt us if their content is not good. So the general rule is this. If you want to offer words of kindness and encouragement, write them down and send them. If you need to offer words of critique, say it face to face. As a minister, I have first-hand experience on several occasions of situations between friends deteriorating rapidly because of emails that have been sent too quickly. Back in the days when we wrote letters, there were lots of opportunities to slow the process down. You may not think it, but I do still remember the days when you sent letters. We had to put the letter in the envelope, we had to write on the address, we had to find a stamp, we then had to walk it to the post box. All the way through that, we had time to think, should I really be sending this letter? On top of that, my mother always used to say to me, if you're putting a letter with a complaint in it, sleep on it before you send it. The problem is with our modern forms of communication, none of that protection is there. We can be upset, rattle off the message, hit send, and it's gone. And we can't get it back. So if we want to be good friends, Proverbs says that we need to think before we speak. But today, that also means we need to think before we hit send. We need to ask ourselves the question, are these words true? Are these words kind? Are these words necessary? And if the answer is no to any of those, we probably shouldn't send it. So to be careful is to think before we speak. A great piece of advice to develop our friendships. The second piece of advice that Proverbs gives on how to be careful with our friends is simple. Do not gossip. In fact, this is so important, Proverbs comes back to it again and again and again. A perverse person stirs up conflict. A gossip separates close friends. Whoever would foster love covers over an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. We must learn to realise that if a friend opens up to us, it's a great privilege. 
And if our friend has shared something with us which is private or personal, our lips must be sealed. I think that all of us would naturally nod our heads at this and say, well, of course, maybe we like to think of ourselves as very trustworthy in this regard. But we need to be aware of the little traps that we sometimes drop into of giving hints. You know, even the subtlest comments that break confidences and still cause hurt. I still find myself saying things like, I can't really say too much, but between you and me, there are some issues there. When we say things like this, often the context gives away everything that we're trying not to say. And most of us in this room would have experienced the pain of being gossiped about. But there's another side to this as well. Proverbs tells us that being a gossip also damages us. Proverbs 20.19 says this. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. You see, if other people discover that we can't keep our mouth shut, then they'll stop sharing anything with us. And if our friends stop sharing things with us, those friendships very quickly become shallow. Gossips find it very hard to develop deep friendships. They soon find they have very few people to rely on themselves. So Proverbs says that true friends need to work to avoid gossip at all costs. So good friends need to think before they speak and they should not gossip. But as we said earlier and we saw last week, there will be times when they need to give hard advice. True friends will need to be candid. They will need to confront. They will at times need to seek an apology. But of course, it all comes down to how they do it. Careful friends seek to critique from a place of humility. In our reading from Matthew, we heard the words of Jesus. Jesus said that if we want to point out the speck of dust in our friend's eye, we need to do it with the full awareness of the great big plank that's in our own. In other words, in friendship, there's no room for harshness and there's no room for hypocrisy. If we're trying to help a friend get back on track, make them aware perhaps of a bad habit in their life, we shouldn't be using the verbal equivalent of a sledgehammer. Instead, we should be gentle and sensitive and using loving words and remembering that we're just as likely to fall down. We should remember that we're looking to build our friends up, make them stronger, encourage them to be more like Jesus. We're not looking to tear them down so we feel better about ourselves. So in those testing times when we do need to critique, we want our friends afterwards to see it as a gift to them. Proverbs 25.12 says this, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. As always with Proverbs, this is great down-to-earth wisdom. If we offer a gracious rebuke backed up with other positive statements about our friends, it gives it the best chance of being effective. Careful, humble critique leads us not just to keeping our friends, but to developing them. 
The fourth piece of advice that Proverbs gives us on how to be careful with our friends is about learning sensitivity. As friends, we need to try and develop our emotional sensitivity. We need to start discerning what the right thing to say is. But more than that, what's the right way to say it? And what's the right time to say it? Of course, this comes with time and experience, but it also requires effort and practice. For example, Proverbs 27.14 says this, If anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. (laughs) Some of us are not morning people. And if that's you, you will know that even kind words, words of blessing, are not pleasingly received if they're shouted at you over the breakfast table. It took Ellie and I months to learn this, by the way. Because I am very much a morning person, and she is very much a night owl. And our communication improved a whole lot when we learned to respect that. Or what about this from Proverbs 25.20? Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. In other words... If our friend is feeling really low, they might not want to be bombarded with constant cheerfulness. They don't want us to pretend that everything is alright. They don't want us to deliberately ignore the elephant in the room. Again, we have to learn to be emotionally sensitive to get the tone and the content of our conversations right. Now, all of this can make friendships start sounding like a minefield, and at times they are. But the key to doing this well is to understand how all of our friends are different. Some of our friends will need banter and jokes to lift their spirits and get them going. Whereas others will just want us to sit quietly with them and offer practical help. Some of our friends are so thick-skinned, we'll have to be really blunt to get the point across. Whereas others will be anxious and sensitive and will need to handle them really carefully. Again, as we've learned with all of this series, there are no shortcuts to this. We have to put the work in. We have to learn to reflect, to realise the effect that our words and actions are having on those around us and start to adapt them accordingly. Because if we don't, we're just going to blunder through life, causing offence and upset wherever we go. So careful friendships requires us to think before we speak, not to gossip, to critique with humility, and to develop sensitivity. But there is one final lesson that I would like to draw today from the wisdom of Proverbs. We need to know the boundaries of our friendships. This is part and parcel of having an emotional sensitivity in many ways, but it does take it a little bit further. All relationships have boundaries to them. They have to be respected, otherwise they get damaged. Love and care can very quickly turn to resentment. Now, there's a great spectrum here. If you're like me, I'm an anxious person. I'm always worried that I'm a burden or an offence or getting in the way of somebody else. I worry that I give the wrong impression. So it's unlikely that I'm going to call round on someone unannounced, even if they've told me a hundred times, come round whenever you like. 
And the same is true with the phone. It's unlikely that I will pick up and ring my friend late at night. It's particularly not after nine o'clock. Even if they said to me, phone me whenever you need me. I'm not very good at doing that. However, at the other end of the spectrum are those who are just frankly too demanding. They call around without thinking that you might be busy. They phone at all hours. They expect you to drop everything for them instantly. These people are almost invasive, not seeing the need for personal space. And very often relationships like these start to develop into unhealthy dependencies rather than friendships. And there is a proverb for both ends of the spectrum. The first doesn't come from the Bible, actually. I found it in a Scandinavian proverb, but it says this. Go often to the house of your friend, for weeds soon choke an unused path. I like that. Go often to the house of your friend, for weeds soon choke an unused path. But for the other end of the spectrum, there is a proverb that is very direct. Seldom set foot in your neighbour's house, too much of you, and they will hate you. And of course, where this wisdom really hits the road is when there is a change of circumstances within a friendship, which means it's no longer appropriate to visit as often as we had done in the past. A classic example of this is when one of our friends gets married. Now, marriage should never mean an end to a friendship, but it's definitely going to change it. Friends are not going to be able to go down the pub as often or watch the football on the telly every weekend when there's a spouse back home also quite like some attention on their day off as well. And again, it comes back in situations like this to remembering what the goal of our friendship is. We're trying to strengthen our friends. We're trying to help them to become better people. We're trying to help them to come closer to God, to be more like Jesus. So a good friendship will strengthen the marriage that our friend is in. A good friend will make us a better husband or a better wife to our spouse. A good friend will not be resented by our spouse for them taking us away from them, but will be appreciated by them. And the same is true when our friends become parents or maybe they take up a new vocation. We may see less of them than we did before, But we should not react by making life more difficult for them. Rather, we should be helping them to be the best parent that they can be. To be the best man or woman they can be in a new place that God has called them to. It's about learning the boundaries of our friendships. So there we have it. Five bits of wise advice straight from Proverbs and the words of Jesus. Friends should think before they speak and before they send emails. Friends should never gossip. Friends should give critique humbly. Friends should learn emotional sensitivity. And friends should know the boundaries to their relationships. Now, of course, much more could have been said. There are a lot more proverbs that I could have drawn on. Other points could have been added. But the message is clear. If we want to develop our friendships, friendships that will bless us and our friends, if we want to have friendships that help us to share the gospel, disciple us, become an example to non-believers, 
we will need to be careful. Careful in our behaviour and careful with our words.